Welcome to week two of Life Hacks Relationship Edition. I told you last week that I love life hacks. Anything to make life a little more simple or a little bit more efficient. And I actually shared with you uh, a life hack that I like to use on hardwood floors last week. You'll remember that if you watched. If not, you need to go watch it. Uh, here's another one. Um, if you're painting around the house and you get paint on your hand and you realize, I don't have a rag, I forgot the rag, I, I discovered that you can actually wear a rag. That's right. Just get an old t-shirt, make sure it's a real ratty t-shirt that you're painting in, and use your shirt as a rag. And eventually, yeah, it gets a little bit too soaked and crusty and all that stuff, and you have to throw it away. But hey, you know, it works for those of us uh, amateur painters. Now, if you do a lot of painting, that's going to get expensive because you're going to be throwing away a lot of shirts. But then again, if you do a lot of painting, you probably don't get a lot of paint on your hands because you're a better painter than I am, and you probably don't even use a rag. But anyway, use your shirt as a rag. Wear the rag. There you go. Life hack. We also talked about that there are life hacks for relationships, and we shared one with you that I hope that you will go back and watch last week if you didn't watch last week, because last week will actually help you be equipped to do what we're going to talk about this week a whole lot better. Um, in this coronavirus crisis, quarantine, stay-at-home mandate, uh, we have been forced to be spending a lot of time together. And inevitably, I bet some fights have broken out, right? Yeah, in your home, with the people you say you love the most. There's been conflict. Fighting over um, what we're going to watch on TV. What show are we going to binge watch next? Fighting over what are we going to eat? And who's going to cook this time? Because it seems like we're cooking all the time, right? And, and especially fighting over how we're going to spend our money and what are we going to spend our money on. Yeah. You see, what you may not uh, be aware of is that that's inevitable. Conflict is actually inevitable in any relationship. So don't be surprised in your marriage. Don't be surprised with your kids, with your parents, your brothers, your sisters, your friends, your neighbors, the people you even work with. Don't be surprised because conflict is inevitable. Conflict is not a sign of a bad relationship necessarily. Conflict really is just a sign that you are in a relationship with another human being. Because anytime you get two human beings together, and every human being has a free will. So anytime you get at least two human beings together with free will, in the same time, in the same place, in the same space, eventually there's going to be conflict. Because let's, let's be honest, we all have an agenda. I have one and you have one, and they're often not the same. We, we all have um, our side. We all want to make a point, and we want to be heard, and we want to feel validated. We all want to have our say and get our way. Bottom line, we all want to win. We all want to win. I want to win. You want to win. Everybody in relationships wants to come out on top and win. And so today, what we're going to do is actually talk to you about how to win every argument, how to win every conflict that you're ever in with anybody you're in a conflict with. Now, truthfully, if I had to be really, really, really honest, what we're going to talk about today is how to win in every argument, how to experience a win in every conflict that you ever have or every disagreement that you experience. 
But that's not nearly as fun to say. It's a whole lot more fun to say how to win every argument, right? So we'll just go with that today. How to win every argument. But launching into this, let me begin by giving you a big hint. And this is huge. Make sure you get this. Can you get this? It'll help lay the foundation for what we're going to talk about. And here it is. Winning an argument has little to do with who is right and more to do with how we treat each other. Winning an argument, I'll read it again, has just a little bit to do with who's right versus who's wrong and a whole lot more to do with how we treat each other. And I know some of you are thinking this. You probably won't come out and say it, but I'll say it for you. I mean, like, oh, that's boring. I just want to be right, right? I just want to be right. I I want to be validated that my way was the best way and, and that I could have my say and get my way. I just want to be right. Yeah, I know, I know. But here's the deal. Do you know that you can actually be right and you can prove your point and even get your way and still lose in the argument? Yeah. You still lose if you're a jerk. You still lose if we're unkind. We still lose if in the process of being right, we're unloving. You lose. The person you're arguing with loses. And the relationship loses. Or I could just be bottom line and say it like this. You can be right and still end up being wrong. It all comes down to not who technically is right or wrong on the information that's being argued about. It's about how we treat each other. In a healthy relationship, please understand, please understand this, that in a healthy relationship, you don't win if we don't win. You don't win personally if the we, if the you and the person that you're arguing with You and the the other person in the relationship. You don't win personally if we don't win together. Because, see, this whole thing is not just about your agenda. Now, I want to make it about my agenda because that's why I'm arguing with you because you don't see my way. And you want to make it about your agenda. We want to make it about us. But it's so much bigger than that. How many times do you find yourself thinking, how many times do you, you hear um, this or, or notice this in an argument where, where someone will begin arguing and, and they'll say this kind of statement. Well, I just got to say this. And then they'll say it. And it's like after they get out, whatever it is they want to get out, they detach from the argument. They're like, I, I got to say this. I got to get this out. I just want to be heard so I can move on. I just got to get this off my chest so I can move on. And so they get it off their chest. And then they do move on as if that was the whole point, just so that you could say whatever it is you wanted to say, and I could say whatever it is I wanted to say, and we're done. We're finished. And you think you won because you said what it is you wanted to say. No, not necessarily. Because, see, you can get your way. You can have your say. You can even be right and still be wrong if you don't consider the other person. And how what you said affected them. Consider the other person. Are they hurt? Do they feel pushed? 
Do they feel as though they haven't been heard? Do they feel ignored? Because if they feel any of those things or experience any of those things, even though you may be right in the information that you're arguing about, this thing has gone all wrong and you've lost because you've hurt this other person. And if we lose, you lose. And if you lose, we lose. Now, the opposite, thankfully, is also true. That you can win. And if you can win, then we can win. There can be a win regardless of who is right and who is wrong according to how you treat each other. See, it works both ways, right? You can actually come out on top in the relationship. The relationship can get stronger. It can get better. Things can grow into a more mature and healthy situation regardless of who is right, regardless of who is wrong. If you pay attention to how you treat each other. Let me me show you how this is illustrated. In the New Testament, it is so clear, so crystal clear, because Paul the Apostle was writing to a group of Christians specifically in the city of Ephesus, and he gave them guidelines for what great communication looks like in healthy relationships. Healthy relationships, great communication. There's a correlation there. And and he addresses this very specifically. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you up front. Again, he's talking to Christians. He's talking to followers of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, he's talking to you. He's talking to me. He's talking to us. And that's so important because if you're not a follower of Jesus, I'm so glad that you're watching, number one. Number two, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you need to know that you are under no obligation whatsoever to apply, listen to, or live out any of the things that I'm getting ready to read to you from the New Testament. However, you do need to know that it'll work for you too. I mean, it'll be just as transformational for your relationships and and help you win in every argument as, as any of us who are followers of Jesus. But if you are a follower of Jesus, if you do call yourself a Christian, which we'll see in just a moment when we start reading this, is so important. If you are a follower of Jesus, if you are a Christian, then you and I are on the hook for this. This is not negotiable. We don't get an out. What we're getting ready to read is how we are supposed to communicate to each other. And when we communicate this way, especially during times when there's a disagreement or an argument or a fight or conflict, then the relationships win. The relationship wins. And if the relationship wins, then they win and you win, which is why we're having this whole conversation to begin with, because you want to win and I want to win. So let's win. Let's read together. Paul writes to the Ephesians, he begins, Therefore I... A prisoner for serving the Lord, because he's writing this from house arrest. He's writing this, from technically, from prison. A prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. When he says, I, I want you and I beg you to lead a life, he's talking about living a life, how you live your life. In other words, he's saying, I'm, I'm begging you here. Live a life that matches up to the calling that's been put on your life. The calling by God. He's actually appealing to the fact that they are Christians, that they are children of God, that they are followers of God's Son, Jesus. And he's saying, now come on, come on, come on. Live up to the name that you've been given, Christian. 
Live up to the cause that you give your life to, the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel. In other words, he is calling us to live up to our name. And he's getting ready to throw down here and make it very clear what's expected of us as Christians, as followers of Jesus. Let's read on. Here we go. This is great communication for healthy relationships. Always be humble and gentle and be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. And we're so quick to talk about our love, right? We're so quick to talk about, yeah, I love you. And oh, no, it's not that I don't love you. It's not that that I don't care for you. And oh, yeah, I love everybody because, you know, I'm a Christian and all that. Okay, but so because of your love, let's read it again. Look at what he said. Because of your love, then always be humble and gentle and make allowance for their faults. Be patient and make allowance. And it's like, listen, just go ahead and know that they're going to screw up. And go ahead and, and make allowance for the fact that they're not always going to get it right. And they're not always going to respond the right way. Go ahead and create space for grace in your relationships. Because you love each other. That's what Christians do for each other. They make allowance for the fact. They create space and categories in their relationships with each other that go ahead and just allow for the fact you're not always going to get it right. And sometimes you're going to tick me off. And sometimes you're going to upset me. And sometimes you're going to hurt my feelings. And if I know that ahead of time, then I'm not so shell-shocked. I'm not so surprised. I'm not so devastated when it happens. Now, I'm not saying it still won't hurt. But at least I have a category for it because you do it to me. And I can expect that. And I will do it to you, and you can expect that. Imagine, just imagine, just right there, how much better our relationships would get, especially in times of conflict, if we would just do that. Let's keep going. Make every effort. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. I hear people talk about a lot. Right. Well, I tried. Well, I tried. Well, I've tried everything. I've tried. I've tried. And we, we're so quick to talk about all we've tried. But the honest truth is, very seldom have we made every effort. So make every effort, which means don't quit. Don't stop. Don't give up. Make every effort to do what? To be unified, to come together, unity in the spirit with peace. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of peace that just brushes things under the rug and we won't ever talk about it kind of thing. It's not what we're talking about. We're talking about being honest and open about the things that need to be discussed. But the goal is not just fighting for the sake of fighting. It's not conflict for conflict's sake. It's not just to have it out just so that you can say, we had it out and now I feel better now that I've gotten that off my chest. No, no, no. The, the purpose, the goal, the end game here is peace and to be on the same page. Now he gets real specific. He's talking to us Christians. Don't use foul or abusive language. Now, now this is the conflict part, right? Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Now, this is huge. I mean, you're going to get focused if you're not careful on the what does he mean by foul and abusive language. We can figure that out. But I want you to focus on this. Let everything you say be good and helpful. For who? Not for you. Not for you, the person that's arguing and saying it, but for the person you're arguing with. For the person that you're talking to. 
That's, uh, at this point, some of you are going, well, where's the life hack? Okay, we'll get there. We're getting there. We're getting there. But you got to get this first. Let everything you say, everything, everything, everything out of your mouth be good and helpful and encouraging. Not good and helpful encouraging for you. Well, I feel better now that I got that off my chest. No, 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 no. Make sure that everything that comes out of your mouth is good for the person that's listening. That it's helpful for the person who's hearing it. And it's encouraging for them. The focus needs to be on is this good for them, not is, is that good for you? And then he finishes this section up. Get rid. Deal with it. Eliminate bitterness, rage, anger, all of it. Harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Just as God through Christ has forgiven you. I think that's pretty clear. So clear. Imagine if we would just treat each other like this. Now, now, now here's the deal. There are times in any honest relationship where hard conversations have to happen. There are times when difficult things need to be shared, and it's called tough love. But even then, you can have hard conversations in this way, being kind, tenderhearted, forgiving, being humble, being patient, being gentle, right? Saying what you're saying in such a way that it's good and helpful and encouraging, even if the truth hurts a little bit, it's encouraging and helpful to the person who's listening and receiving it. Even in the times when you have to have a hard conversation, and even times when love has to be tough, you still follow these guidelines that we're reading about in Ephesians chapter 4. So, do you want to win every argument? Do you want to win in every argument? I'm getting ready to give you the life hack. The life hack that applies everything we just read is kind of a a very short, and that's what a life hack is, right? It's short, it's really clear, it, it kind of cuts to the chase of how to do conflict better, how to do arguments better, and actually win in every argument. Where you win, they win, and the relationship wins. You ready? Here we go. Here's the life hack. Help you win every argument. Be first. Ta-da! Be first. If you will be first, you will win every argument. And you will win in every argument. And your relationship will win every time. Now, I know immediately that sounds like the exact opposite of what we should be saying here. That seems like the exact opposite of what we just read. But it's not. It's not. Like, be first. What do you mean? I'm saying be first to do the things that bring about the win, the true win, the right kind of win. Be first to apply the things we just read in Ephesians chapter 4. Be first to do the kinds of things that cause you to win, that causes them to win, that causes the relationship to get better and win. Be first. Don't wait around for them To do what they should do, you do what should be done. Be first. Let me give you some examples. Okay? And again, this just clearly applies what we just read. Be first to listen. Be the first one to listen more than you talk. Here's that being patient part and being humble and being gentle. Be the first to listen. 
I mean, truly listen, right? Now, I'm not talking about the kind of listening that sometimes I do. So, just sometimes, just sometimes. You know, the kind of listening where you're just kind of waiting for a break in the action when they kind of stop talking so that you can start talking. You're listening for that moment for them to, you know, just kind of trail off a little bit and you can jump in and just you know, set the record straight kind of thing. No, that's not truly listening. We're talking about be the first to listen with an open mind and an open heart. Be the first to listen to their feelings and what they're thinking and where they're coming from and why. Be first. And if you will be first to listen, you will win. Regardless of who's right and who's wrong, regardless of how the how you know all comes out. It's just, if you will be first to listen. Wrote this down, came across this, I think months ago, and I put this in my files for to use on this weekend that. And I don't know who said this, but I think it's fascinating. So true. Saying everything you think, saying everything you think, as soon as you think it, says you're not thinking very well. Saying everything you think, as soon as you think it, communicates that you're not really thinking all that well. You need to listen. It's okay to think, but you don't need to say everything you think. And sometimes you don't need to say what you think at all. You just need to hold that and listen. Listening helps so much. Listening solves so much. I, I can't tell you how many times that um, in an argument with Donna, my wife, or a disagreement, if, if, if I would just shut up and listen, right? Because I'm one of those guys. I'm one of those people. It's like, man, I, I'm a debater. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And I can go toe-to-toe with her, and I'm just kind of waiting. And she's trying to explain to me, and I'm just waiting for her to stop talking so I can start talking and set the record straight. And I've learned the hard way so many times. I would just stop and listen. I would just stop and listen. So many times I'm like, oh, wow, boy, that would have that would have gone a whole lot better had I just listened the first time. So be first. I need to be first to listen. You need to be first to listen, to really listen. Let me give you another example. Be first to apologize. We just read this in Ephesians 4. Being kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. So be first. Constantly waiting on the other person to say they're sorry. We're waiting on the other person. We're waiting on them and expecting them. Well, I'm not going to say it until they say it. Well, I'm not going to say it until they say what they need to say. Then I'll think about it. No, no, be first. Not about who is right and who is wrong. Because if this is not done right, everybody loses, regardless of who was right or wrong in the information. Be first to apologize. Be first to say I was wrong. Be first to say I'm sorry. Be first to say, will you please forgive me? Be first. I heard somebody say not long ago that nothing irks me more than the moment in an argument when I realize I was wrong. Yeah, right? Where you get to that point where you're like, oh, I can't believe I said that. Oh, I can't believe I did that. Yes, again. Then be first to just break the ice and say, you know what? I'm sorry. And I mean a genuine apology. Not just like I'm sorry so they'll shut up and we can you know, go on with the day or whatever. I think we've all been guilty of that too. But an honest apology will diffuse so much will put so many fires out so quickly, you would just be first. What, what if in your relationships, if both of you were racing 
to be first. Trying to be first to listen. Trying to be first to apologize. Wouldn't that be great? Can you imagine? Our conflicts would end so much more quickly and be so much more profitable and so much more winning would happen in our relationship. And some of you might be thinking, yeah, that would be nice. I'm the only one. I'm the only one. I'm the only one. Okay, well, keep being the only one. Be first. Because remember, as followers of Jesus, this is on me. This is on you. This is on us. It's not negotiable. Be first to listen. Be first to apologize. Here's another way of looking at it. Be first to put them first. Be first to put them first. Them? But this is their fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. And you're right. I get it. It's not about who's right right now. Be first to put them first, which means be first to serve them if that's what needs to be done. Be first to give to them if that's what needs to be done. Be first to help them. Hey, here's a thought. Be the first to change. Be the first to make the adjustment that needs to be made. Because you're arguing, you're fighting, you're going, you know, you're face to face and you're giving each other the cold shoulder because they're doing it this way and they won't make a change and you've wanted to done this way and you're stubborn, you're not making the change. Be the first to make the change without an attitude, without the, well, I guess I'll just be the mature one here. Okay, well, I guess I'll just be the spiritual one here. I don't think that attitude gets you any points, gets me any points. Be first to genuinely change. Be first to make the necessary adjustments. In other words, be first to put them first before yourself. It's what we call relating by example. Lead the way. Set the pace. Be first. And you will win every single argument and disagreement. And not just you. They will win and the relationship wins. I'm going to come back to something that I, I think I taught this in the last couple of years. I, I'm going back through my notes, and I'm, I'm pretty sure we've talked about this. I'm going to come back and visit something again because it's another way of understanding what it looks like and what it means to be first. And let me put it up on the screen. When you are saying be first, this is what you're saying. When you are illustrating be first, be first says being right with you is more important to me than being right. That's what be first is all about, is that being right with you, us being right with each other, being unified, finding that healthy peace, being right with you is more important to me than getting my way, having my say, and checking the box that, yep, I was right. I was right. See, I told you. See, I told you. It's just not about who's right or who's wrong at this point, because you can be right and still be wrong. It's all about how you treat each other. That's why it's so important to be first. And when I am being first with with my wife, Donna, and I'm being first with my daughters, and I'm being first with my friends, and with the people I work with, staff at the summit, and I'm being first with a complete stranger, and I'm being first with the people that I don't agree with politically, the people that I don't agree with in culture, when I am being first and embodying that, what I'm communicating is that it's more important for me that you and I are right with each other than it is, that I am seen as right. Because see, that's the way of Jesus. Because Jesus was always right. (laughs) Jesus was perfect. Jesus never said anything wrong, did anything wrong. And in every conversation, he was always perfectly right. Yet he made it clear 
What was more important to him than being seen as always right is that he established a healthy relationship with those that he cared about. And he cared about everybody. Even those who didn't care so much for him. So this is what Be First is all about. That's the life hack, by the way. The life hack is simply this, to be first. So in the next argument that you have, because it's coming, Matter of fact, I may have started a couple right now, just in the last few minutes. And you can't wait till this is over because you're gonna you're gonna say some choice words. Hopefully not to me. Don't send me any emails. But in the next argument that you have, in the next disagreement or conflict that you experience, when you are eaten up with the desire to be right and you're wanting to prove your point and have your say and get your way, in those moments, my prayer is that you will hear a little voice with two words. Be first. Hey, 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 psst. Be first. How would this change if you would just be first? I know, I know, I know, I know you think you're right. And you may be right. But just be first. I know, I know, I know they, they're, they're trying to say how right they are. I know they're being obnoxious right now. I, I know, I know. Just, just be first. Be first to listen. Be first to apologize. Be first to put them first. Hey, here's the bottom line. Be first to be more like Jesus. And if you will do that, you will win. When you don't do that, you lose every time, regardless of who's right and wrong. When we are not being first to do these things, the relationship loses. It means I lose and you lose and nobody likes to lose. I want to win. You want to win. We all want to win. So let's win. Be first is always, always the right thing to do, every time. So my prayer for you is that you will hear these words and that they will echo over and over again, especially the next time you're ticked off and you can't believe that they said and you can't believe that they didn't and you can't believe that they did, and you are going at it. Be first, and you will win every single time, and not just you. But they will win, and the relationship wins, and that is a win. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you so much for this honest and yet convicting challenge on what healthy communication looks like among people who call themselves followers of Jesus. And we do. So this is on us. Father, I'll be the first to say that I need your help. I need your help to be first, like you have called me to be, as a husband, as a dad, as a friend, as a citizen, just to be first, to listen, to apologize, to put other people first, to be like you, just to be first. Be first to apply the things that you have called us to. Not be so concerned with, the fact that I think I'm right. And I want to make sure that my way is heard and that I get my say and I can get something off my chest. Father, help me. And help my friends, help my brothers and sisters here in the same way. That you would help us to set the example and set the pace and be patient with each other and just lead the way by example to be first. And in that way, we will experience the win, the right kind of win, every single time.
Help us in Jesus' name. Amen.